Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, standing six foot two, 301 pounds. He's gaining weight from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island. It's the number one fuck Johnny G. All you gotta do is trust me, Jackson Maine. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios for the first time. I've known him for a while. Turns out we emailed him in 2008, and he never even responded. It's Joe Rendezza. Oh, it's an honor to be introduced that way. I've been excited for this all morning. I was waiting to hear what you were going to do with my last name. You kept it full. <laughs> Kept it simple. Randa Rasty, Randazi, the 9 11 truther, Joe Randazza. <laughs> <laughs> know that. Actually, around 2008, I was probably very into Bush did 9 11. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't reply to your email with that. Yeah, who cares about your improv show? Bush did 9 11. I'm Have so you mad. Read at the myself. plan for a new American century. <laughs> <laughs> I was so non-political my entire life. I'm embarrassed that like the first time I voted was like, I think for was for Obama and it was maybe the second time, <laughs> his second term. <laughs> oh, that really? puts me my, at like 28 first, first... when I first voted. <laughs> like, that's, like, well, I did that you picked a winner. Yeah. Well, that's what I was waiting for. My, my first, uh, my first one was 1996 and I vote, I vote for Ralph Nader. No, wait, 96. I voted for Clinton. 2000. I voted for, for Ralph Nader. Oh, hell yeah. So everybody would at me because instead of looking at addressing the issues that people even in 2000 were saying about how weak and watered down the Democrats were, everybody just decided to blame it on the one guy who was pointing out the problem. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like Jill Stein would like a word, you know, (laughs) like I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I gave Jill Stein in the the, uh, Trump thing. We were all. Oh, traumatized. I gave her my $28 to go do a recount in Michigan or whatever. And then I think she just took that money. <laughs> do you remember that? She was she like, said, give me $28 you, and we will do a recount because it was very close. 
Oh. And it never did the recount. And she has like extra nice jade necklaces now. Uh, and then going back now that I am activated politically and like, you know, eyes open to like right wing fucking uh, shenanigans. Going back to think about 2000, to think about the Brooks Brothers, right? To think about hanging chads and all this stuff that to me was just like Tonight Show punchlines or SNL premises. Now, thinking back to it, it's like that was so fucked up. And we also are still dealing with it. Twenty truly 20 years later. (laughs) No, that Bush administration, the one that laid the groundwork for all this, all this stuff. And I was a journalism major. I was working in a newsroom on that election night. And it was shit. fucking nuts. I was like, this is the craziest thing we're ever going to see. And that year, like I had done all these kind of senior projects. Or like, well, actually, it wasn't my senior year, but my like journalism projects were about um, the Electoral College. I was like, what is the Electoral College? Like, could this actually, like, why do we never talk about it? And like all these issues that wound up being really pertinent um, to that election where like, Basically, the Supreme Court said, we don't know who won, but uh, Al Gore saying that he might have won really makes it look bad for George W. Bush, who says he won. Like, that was basically their decision, was like, it it cast doubt on the the, uh, plaintiff's case that he won the presidency. What the fuck? (laughs) Like, it was so, and like, Catherine Harris. I think that's the man that shot me. Okay, well, if you only think so, we're not going to follow up any yeah. questions. That's not him. Then he's definitely sure he didn't bad. shoot you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's saying he definitely. His brother didn't shoot was you? the governor at the time, and yeah. the woman who the secretary of state was the chairperson of his campaign in Florida at the time. Like it was so corrupt. Yeah, and then and then the Brooks Brothers riot thing. You're like that's early january 6th dose like that like that's a little bit of like they're trying to elicit change in an election by you know physical presence and like threatening it's like we're oh yeah 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 we got 25 more years we got so many more years of this still happening where it's just like this is terrifying in a way yeah (laughs) in many ways people down there they were sending down there to like disrupt the proceedings yeah it was so much like a precursor to the stuff we were seeing in like Arizona and all that. Right. 20 so years later. Crazy. It's like, oh shit, they, they've been. And then it's like, that's the, the Bush staying in power that he kicked off for the, for the right. Like the, a bit like holding on to power no matter what. And then I think Reagan yeah. kicked off like slowly sowing damage to people who would vote against you. <laughs> like uh, fucking them over in, in, in policy decisions over and over and over again in order. And it's like those two schools of thought just helped the fucking uh, Republicans like be the fucking Goliaths that <laughs> David has to fucking hit with a sling filled with maybe we'll cancel the student loans. It's not going to happen. No, and they totally made it about culture war back then. I remember just watching like, and and then I think people also forget how scary it was in the buildup to like invading Iraq. They were like, like freedom fries and pouring wine down the sewers because French people didn't want us to invade Iraq, like for no good reason. And like the Dixie chicks and like, it was like, you weren't supposed to say stuff against the war it's crazy you say that because the 
the earliest cancel cultures I can now, like the earliest moments of cancel culture I can now place are like Janine Garofalo and the Dixie Chicks. Like Janine Garofalo is like said Bush was a bad president on like a news report once. And then she like was everyone just shit on her in the news, like on the right. And like the same thing happened to Dick, like the Dixie Chicks don't want us to go to war and people are burning their fucking albums and shit. It's like, what the Fuck, man, that was cancel yeah. culture, and that's from the guys who were complaining about cancel culture. Yeah, no, a hundred percent total. I mean, the original cancel culture is probably like Mark Twain or something, like yeah. burn book burning, you know. <laughs> yeah. And but, then there was the you know, yeah, and then we had 9 11, and everything's been fine since then. <laughs> that kind of set us on a good path having 9 11 happen. That really yeah, happened. that was when we were like, okay, we need to look at that. We're let's get our shit together, and we have. <laughs> Uh, wake up call speaking of uh big events in one's life that you can look at as before and after moments this is a muscled segue into our topic but uh maybe not jumping off 9-11 into divorce is the best speaking of personal (laughs) 9-11 you have speaking of a re-examination of uh my worldview after a major event uh we when we were talking topics (laughs) You were like, I was going to do cereal, but you did a re- like, that's the best thing about this podcast is someone's like, shit, I kind of want to talk about cereal, but I see you did that recently. And now we're all grownups. The guy who I talked about cereal with is like a New York Times uh, columnist. And we're like, yeah. fuck, man, three grown men are like, OK, well, what else can we talk about besides cereal? And you're like, how about uh, single parenting? <laughs> it's like, like, like it's, such, it's such a crazy fall off from like, okay, yeah, I like balloons, cereal, or raising kids uh, as a dad. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're related. Think of that helped. Um, Sorry about that. I was getting a lot of crit, so crit quit my garage band. Can you wait? Hold on one sec. I'm still getting a little chop oh. chop here. Okay. How are you feeling over there? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can my hear you. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Because I, I'm always in fact with cereal, the cereal and people growing up and like and socioeconomically, culturally, you know, like but always the kids, my friends, we bought like the generic on fruit crisp and like apple dapple and you know, I had bagged cereal. I was roasted for my bagged cereal my entire life. Like we had like. Of like honey spend the extra dollar, like it's a dollar more. Um, but that's, that's up back then. And then you know, my other I would go over friends' houses that just like every time, no matter what, each kid had the request, you know, and it was just like going wild. Oh um, yeah, I think it's an interesting topic. No, yeah. The, I mean, it was such a weird class division, um, privilege and non-privilege thing of like it was apparent as a child, like it was clear as a child, like where you're like, oh, this family 
And, and maybe as a kid, you go like this family likes their son. These parents like their son more because they get cinnamon toast crunch and I'm fucking having honey smackers or whatever over here in a bag. It's too much. Yeah, it's stuff. brutal. Give me the real stuff. But I, um, I don't really like cereal that much. Although now like the equivalent, which is shopping at Joe's versions of but it doesn't feel like I'm getting kind. It just feels like I'm getting my pal, my friend, his own version of cereal. Right, right. <laughs> we have some honey O's, like honey nut Cheerios. Um, and that, my kids the cereal. Oh, that yeah, well, I mean, in hindsight, we now know about cereal is just pretty much having like ice cream for breakfast. It was not the best idea. <laughs> Yeah, I heard you talk about life cereal, which was like, my favorite growing up. Like, it was like, like, oh my God, life cereal. like? And I bought it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking good. <laughs> and it, it was like oh, it was kind of healthy. Grams. Yeah. I always assumed it was, it was 37 years old. And then I was like, this, this has more. A foie gras milkshake. This is like a <laughs> oh decadent. Like, yes, of course we all loved it, you know? Yeah, and you were like, oh, life cereal, that's like a grown-up cereal. And you would like eat that or honey bunches of oats and be like, these are kind of grown-up health raisin bran, you know. I'm like, I'm choosing a salad for breakfast. And really it's like that's a hundred grams of carbs and the raisins are like dusted with fucking powdered sugar and shit. You're like, oh, <laughs> I'm not doing any, I'm not doing myself any favors. Yeah. No, well, the health cereals, I think, uh, Special K entered my, my house. Those were never in there. Those no. are the ones that you're like, oh, that's for like health freaks. Yeah, that's you for know, like triathletes. And even now people would be like, still, that's like a calorie and carb bomb. Like we were eating like 80 grams of sugar at 630 in the morning and then sitting and like being forced to sit down and be like, all right, now boring shit that doesn't matter in your life for eight hours. It's like, are you sure? All I can think about is tits. <laughs> how am I? How am I like high and sleepy at the same time? Like I'm jacked up and sleepy at the same time. That is my, that is the thing I love the most about cereal. It looks like we're just going to talk about cereal, but the thing I love the most about it is like, because like you, it became a late night snack. But now, now I'm intermittent fasting, and I and I don't eat after seven p.m. except for special occasions. Oh. But I would fill that first bowl, and then and notice it's a first bowl of cereal. And then halfway through bowl number one, I'm already looking forward to bowl number two, and anticipating the the mild tummy ache that comes with it. Yeah, like you know, like, it's I don't, I'm asking. I don't even for it. mind that tummy ache. That tummy ache's okay with. Cause it makes me kind of sleepy and satisfied and I can along, just lie down for a while after that. Along the lines of cereal. I, I find like when I'm pouring myself wine or whiskey, I accidentally do that too, where you don't even finish it and you start topping yourself off. You're like, get halfway through the bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. And you're like, well, I'll just, I know I'm going to get more. Then you put milk on and then you're like, like, it's like, Constantly adding tequila and soda water to a cocktail and being like, I think I only really had one drink last. I only had one yeah, bowl of cereal. It's a balance. <laughs> you're kind of, you know, it's a constant scientific balance. 
But I also, I think you, you had what, three, three brothers? Two younger brothers. Yeah. You had two brothers. Same with me. And I think there was also this built in thing of like, I have to get my share or else it's all gone. Like I don't even want it right now, but if I don't have it, my brother will get it. And that's unfair. And I'm full. Like, <laughs> like we used to like spitefully finish things we didn't want to fit. Like I'd be like so full of white cheddar cheese. It's and I'd be like, but if I don't finish these, my brother will get to have some tomorrow. <laughs> and it's like, no, I, he, I it's be- better. I have it now. It's like fucking <laughs> scarcity mindset for fucking children. It's crazy. I, I watch my kids do that now where everything has to be the the. um the, the like legal theory they're working on is everything has to be fair. Everything has to be like, I, I have three kids. I have a 13 year old, a seven year old and a five year old and the seven and five year old, the 13 year olds often in their own world, like a totally different thing. But the seven and five year old are like, everything has to be fair. Everything has to be fair. But in order to make it fair, they have to like get the advantage of like, I'm going to take more and then she can catch up and then it will be fair. Like, I'm going to take seven nuggets. Yeah, no, no she one is going. Five. No one's going. If I take four nuggets, then me and my uh, sibling have the same amount of nuggets. It's like, no, hey, you should take seven because I'm taking seven. Well, there's not 14 nuggets here. It's like, well, talk to dad about that. We'll get it. even. Don't you worry. <laughs> We're going to make it fair. It's going to even out. Dad's going to make sure. But it's like a mutually assured destruction of life. <laughs> it's a They're weird doctrine. Take yeah. more, so I'm. Yeah, I'm going to preemptively take more. So then she's playing catch up and then we will be equal. Yeah. It's unequal now in order to become equal later. It's like a very complicated logic. And it's really funny because my mom used to have to say that with like my me and my brothers growing up of like, it's all fair. But, you know, Jonathan is three years older than you. So like he's going to eat more or like he's going to get to do things you don't. And it's like this that. And that's why the 13, five and seven is a fun gap because the eventually the seven year old is going to get to that, like slightly older status. And it's going to be like 14 and 12 or 16 and 14 when all when the real sort of like, well, that's not fair. And it's like, well, one one of you is in high school. And one of you is in middle school. It's like we're changing the, the dynamics have changed. And it's like that's what happened yeah. to me and my brother because we were closer in age. But my youngest brother was far enough away that he wasn't even part of the fairness conversations. And then arguably blew it all out of proportion because after me and my other brother had kind of gotten to high school and burned my parents on like thought they had good kids, you know, like, oh, we got these wonderful two smart kids. Oh, shit. They became 16 and 14 and they're fucking demons who are going to, you know, they're never going to make it to college. Like we just turned so not bad, but like high school kids. And our parents were like, whoa. Okay, well, let's make sure we are good parents to the youngest one. <laughs> it's like they yeah. locked in, and all of a sudden, he's got like way more baby photo, way more photos. He's got like my dad's taking off uh, work to go to his games and shit. It's like I better <laughs> keep my eye on this one for a little bit. And then, so the fair, and now I, me and my brothers are then like my other brother are like 22, 20, and then my other brother's 15 or 16, and we're like getting jealous and mad it's like why dad get you lacrosse equipment it's like my 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 girlfriend who's now my wife at the time is like you're a senior in college you cannot be mad that your brother your little (laughs) brother is getting free lacrosse equipment i was like i was allowed to play lacrosse because it was too expensive and i was like so angry it's like my wife's like give it up and i'm like yeah too much of an age gap to like fight for fairness at 30. (laughs) it's such a tough thing with the seven and five-year-old because 
there is that like tit for tat gotta be gotta be equal but they also so and the easiest way to do it is like if she's going to take guitar lessons then let's also sign him up for drum lessons they're both going to play basketball at roughly the same time that they're like becoming codependent like they you know they do everything together and they need this independence that they're craving right now so it's like we're getting to the age where they need we need to be giving them their own activities but they're yeah. they're best friends, but they fucking hate each other too. Like they're really cruel and violent to each other. But oh. they're like know each other better than than anybody. So, but it's getting to that point where it's like, well, so what does this mean? Like every night of the week, we're gonna have some different thing that we're driving them all over the place for, just so they can feel some independence. Whereas my parents, like, I think I heard you talk about this with Desi or something, like. A similar thing where I was like, "Can I take drum lessons?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." They're like, "Where, where would you even do that? Yeah, how would you even do that?" Like, (laughs) gonna be. I was like, "What about ski club? Could I, could I do ski club?" And they're like, "Kind of expensive." And then my younger brothers, who suffered a lot more when I left the house, I think, um, but they they were allowed to do like all that stuff. But yeah, that's. But my parents also tightened the the screws a little on my younger one. See, my my, my parents loosened up after me because they just I, they were so insanely strict with me that it was in hindsight in like it, it, levels stricter than any other kid my age. Uh, mm. You know, like I was just like had completely different set of rules, completely less free. And then I went away to college and I went fucking ape shit, but I never really got in too much of trouble. Like I got mm. in like Van Wilder trouble and not like, you know, uh, not like uh, not broke down palace. Or, yeah. Yeah. Not basketball yeah. <laughs> broke down palace. Uh, yeah. Not midnight express trouble, but like, and, <laughs> and I think my parents were kind of like, Oh, I think we pushed Jonathan too hard. And it's like, then like, it's like also, he didn't die the few times he did stay out till midnight. So it's like, let's just let the other kids stay out till midnight. And it's like, and then you get so mad. You're like, you don't know what I went through. I was the first one through the door. You know, you're, I, it's so funny. Like yeah. adopt the language of like social movements. We're like, I, I was the first through the door. You know how hard that was for me. It's like, relax. You're not you a fucking stonewall brick thrower. You're a fucking <laughs> guy who wants to play. Uh, wants to drink in a field with his friends at 15. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so you are the old, you're the oldest, right? I'm the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where yeah, did you same, fall in your lay, layout? You're the oldest as well. Oldest. Uh, but my, my mom had two kids in her first marriage. So I have two older half siblings, but we didn't really live together. It was mostly me and my two younger brothers. And then would you see those half siblings at like bigger family events and stuff like that? Like, or well, there's yeah. a lot of hatred. There's a lot of hatred and tumult. Yeah. Those are the two uh, ways half siblings go where it's like, yeah, they're, and they still talk or, oh yeah, no, no, no. We'll never see them again. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I mean, we became close later on, that's, um, that's but, and now my oldest, you know, my older sister like lives near my parents and they're, they're, everybody's super tight. In that respect, but uh, we didn't really live together that much as kids. So, but as the oldest, I was like, I realized later talking to my younger siblings how much like kind of damage control I would do as the oldest because you know also had a sort of you know not not necessarily we weren't like latchkey kids and it wasn't as chaotic 
as I've heard you talk about, but you know, a dad with an explosive temper, uh, <laughs> and you know, and which we all inherited and have to go through so much therapy to figure out how to control. But, um, where I would be the one who's like the peacemaker and just sort of like keeping everything kind of smooth. Hello, Fresh. Oh, yeah. We're talking Hello Fresh. You know, the uh, like, come on, farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Please, no more trips to the grocery store. And you can count on Hello Fresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Ooh, wee. Um, their newest menu uh, release includes Mediterranean recipes filled with fresh fruits and veggies, nuts, olive oils, and fiber-packed whole grains for nourishing balance. Big fan. The one thing I really had recently that I liked, uh, and maybe it's not the, the healthiest of choices, but the garden spinach ricotta ravs, or ravioli, however you guys pronounce it, uh, was so good. I, uh, big fan. Uh, I they do send a decent amount of food, but that was the first time I was like, I thank God they don't send a tray or else I would have finished it in that, in that shop. Uh, you can customize all your favorite dishes with new hello custom offerings, swap out a protein or a side for another upgrade for more luxe experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety and more meals truly tailored to you. So get in and treat yourself to some garden spinach ricotta wraps or other things if you like. So go to HelloFresh.com slash high16 and use code high16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash high16 and use code high16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. America's number one meal kit. For this next advertiser, this next sponsor of High and Mighty, uh, it's one of the few sponsors that I literally just chugged four seconds before reading this ad i chugged my morning athletic greens poured my coffee and now i'm sitting down to record some ads i use athletic greens every day because i like uh to feel like i'm working towards better gut health more energy and optimized immune system and i can't take pills on an empty stomach in the morning it makes my tummy hurt and makes me a little nauseous so being able to slam down and then Again, I know I talk about this every week, but this is the most important thing. It sneaks another, like, uh, a bunch of water in your system first thing in the morning after you've been asleep not drinking water, a.k.a. getting dehydrated. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. And here's the thing. It's a super easy micro habit. If I wake up, when I'm on the road, I bring my little packets with me. I'm, uh, when I'm out with the Doughboys, I bring them along with me because... When I was shooting a travel show, I was taking them every morning just to make sure I got some correct stuff in my system. You know what I mean? Uh, just like when you're pouring toxins and poisons into your system all the time, it's cheaper than having a morning coffee. It's cheaper than getting all the supplements yourself. Um, it supports mental clarity and alertness. It's keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, less than one gram of sugar. Uh, it helps. Uh, with a lot of stuff and uh, I'm a big fan of the product and um, I am leaving for a few days and I'm packing it with me. 
Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop of cu- in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com mighty. Again, that is athleticgreens.com mighty to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I you gotta know, say, I, most of my skill sets in comedy and social and social situations and how I handle comes from being the like a child of an alcoholic and family full of alcoholics that were on the fucking razor's edge of everyone flipping out or hate and playing the fucking peacemaker and being the funny guy. Like that's how come I ended up being good at being a bouncer and a bartender too, was because I was like adjusted to talking to people who are wasted and droning on and on or being mm-hmm. a little too aggressive and I'm not taking the bait. Help me survive 20 years of a relationship, you know, with my uh, girlfriend and wife. It's like this skill set came in super handy and it and I think it's the same. And then I, we both work in comedy. That can't be <laughs> like a coincidence right. like that. You're like, I'm so used to taking. Yeah, a, this is how I can get through a hostile crowd to at least being like, okay, we're not mad anymore. It's like, so if I could take an arms folded crowd into laughing at me, mission fucking accomplished, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I also have the like lunatic, like Italian flat. I mean, because I'm I'm Irish Italian. All the alcoholics are on the Irish side. All All the just fucking lunatics, like straight up don't need alcohol to be lunatics on the Italian side. Yeah, I still have like I had a, a run in with animal control the other day. <laughs> a run in. I, I left my dog in the car for a few minutes. A few minutes. I had to take my kids in somewhere and come back out. Somebody had called animal control in the 15 minutes I was gone. And they were very nice. But, you know, it was a warm day. They had the, the thermometer in there and everything. And the guy asked if you could see my ID. I was like, excuse me, are you a cop? Are you a police officer? Are you an officer of the law? Like, I just got so, like, <laughs> what indignant of, like, are you trying to fucking assert authority over yeah, me? Yeah, I'm a fucking you know? citizen of the world. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that <laughs> sensation so bad. You're like, I wasn't doing anything super wrong. Fucking relax, man. And you're all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. you're like, I could also just show him my ID and probably move along. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, then my, then my kids are like, Joe Randazzo, 617. Like, they just started listing off my information. <laughs> I was not yelling at him, by the way. I was, I was, I was performing there for you. Yeah. I was just more like, ah, you know, I don't know if I want to show you my ID. Are you a police officer? You know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Because I was kind of embarrassed, and also I just was trained by my dad to like never tell cops anything. Don't ever give them your ID. <laughs> Always ask for a lawyer. This was just an animal control guy. Yeah, yeah. But, but I had, so I had. You're like, let me like, get my lawyer. Thing. My lawyer is a tabby cat. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, she's also in the car. Yeah, she's in the she's in the <laughs> trunk. <laughs> you probably should cut out the part about animal control. I don't want people thinking I'm a bad pet owner. You can leave it. <laughs> but that's like that's not being a bad pet owner. Like generationally, I was left in a hot car for like 15 minutes while my mom went into like shop. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, totally. It's it's happened too many times. Like. I'd be like, 
leave my dog tied up outside of like a restaurant. Like once I moved to New York city and I was a walker and didn't have a car, leave my dog tied up when I go get a coffee and I would, you know, keep looking. Then I always come out and have someone would be standing there going, okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. So he's with you. And it's like, yeah, you think this fucking gorgeous Boston terrier in a fucking sweater vest is like, (laughs) it's a, a uh, feral dog that tied itself to the fucking bike rack outside the co- the hipster coffee shop in Carroll Gardens. No, bitch. But these people there, there is someone who just walks that neighborhood hoping to see a dog in a car. Yeah. No matter that they're like, I'm a fucking hero. You know, people write down. I licenses. couldn't believe. Yeah. Animal control had been had been called. They were there. They were, he was there on the scene. He had the thermometer in the car. He was taking notes. He put like wet towels over the window or like towels over the windows and draped a wet towel into the window so my dog could like sip at a damp towel like as if it was gonna die and i was like what the holy hell like it's, i got this dog is is fairly recent uh and it, I, it, I love dogs but I, I'm, I'm not really like a dog owner type person you know what uh, i mean you're, ra- like, you're gonna rapidly become one this is like the this is the first act. This is literally the first act of every man meets dog movie where it's like divorced guy gets a dog for his kids. And is like, I'm not really a dog guy. Animal control but comes on day one. It's like, hey, man, you got and you're like, OK, yeah, no cheeseburgers for the dog. And then at the end of the movie, like the dog, you, you're like the dog walks you down the aisle for your second wedding and is like gives a I speech mean, or whatever. It's true <laughs> that the dog has saved me from suicide by nuzzling up to my face twice. already. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But <laughs> he doesn't realize how important his cop. job is. <laughs> He's got yeah, a huge job. <laughs> this is a yes, therapy. Help me break through to my daughter, <laughs> who I haven't talked to in years. And I call on the payphone every Tuesday at 9 p.m. and leave a message on her answering machine because we're in that a movie man called 80s. again. Tell him I'm not home. <laughs> but I heard a dog barking in the background. A dog? That might be the thing that really opens my father up. <laughs> He's not a dog person, <laughs> but he's learning I, to grow. I can do the same. I, I'm just not, I just can't buy into the thing of like treating a dog like my child. That's just like, I think that's what a lot of dog ownership culture is about now. Yeah. Like, I think you might this be right. dog. We were, I was out for a walk with my kids and my neighbor heard us coming, heard kids and came out with a laundry basket of puppies. I was like, can you take a puppy? We have too many puppies. And of course, you know, my daughter was like, that one. And I had been thinking like, maybe I'll get a cat. I'm not just some, something, some company to have around the house. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, we can take a puppy. And I told my kids like, we're going to get her her shots. We'll get her, we'll take care of her, make sure she's taken care of, but no guarantees we're going to keep her, you know? And I called up the vet to like make the appointments and stuff. And they were immediately, they were like, oh, what's the name of your baby? It's dog number two for now. We're, wait, <laughs> we're waiting to see if it's healthy. Like that's the realest shit. But that that's a generational and a cultural thing, too. I think a lot of younger people like but I think culturally, like like my my black friends growing up were always like you're kissing that dog on the lips mother like that's disgusting and it's like oh yeah. I, we we uh, we lady and tramped a fucking hot dog the other day it's like Ew. now yeah. and like i grew up in my in my neighborhood in the where i grew up on long island and like there were people who was like oh that's an outside dog 
It's like, well, we live in a temperate climate. Yeah. It's like, it's like, no, no, no. My dog stays outside year round. He has a dog house. My, my, my yeah. dog growing up was on like a leash runner across the backyard. So he didn't have like full freedom. Cause he was like a jumper. And right. it's like, it's like the, the dog, the dogs can adapt. Like we don't have to, they're not going to go into therapy and <laughs> unpack how much you fuck them up ever. So you're good. Like they love you there. It's unconditional. They it's I before college age, it's all like everything. They never need to go to therapy. I think you should be responsible and train your dog. You right, know? right. Like, once I you have a living, be- once you have a living being under your roof, you're like it's your you know you have to take yeah. care of it. It doesn't have to go to like Montessori dog training. Like it doesn't have to no. be like it doesn't have to eat better than you uh, fed your own kids for the first five years. Like no. that's the that's the shit that always gets me. It's like. Someone's like, well, we have this blah, 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 dog food, blah, blah, blah. Like we have this person makes it, delivers it every week. And then it's like, and my kids, they eat pizza and McDonald's every fucking day. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) Well, I think like I just missed the boat on being at the age where I could say, I'm not going to have kids because of climate change. And now that's like whatever is like, oh, no, it's just climate change. Maybe that's maybe that's your thing. I don't know. No, that's my so, my thing is more uh, uh, rampant selfishness. <laughs> but everybody's got that. Everybody has that anyway. And you find out just how selfish you are. Like the, the people who think they're the most selfless, I think, find out how selfish they are when they when they have kids. But oh, because I missed the boat I've, on I've that. noticed that, dude, Joe, funny you say that that kids are a harsh reminder of how much you're like when you're. or a great reminder what they are a reminder that you're like fuck i could be doing something else with my time right like they're like they're a great they'll be like dad don't forget you have to leave the house and drop us off here before you do anything you want to do today and you're like right 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 oh yeah that's right (laughs) i was gonna fucking sit on my ass because all i do is Work all fucking week. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you are the hair-tempered uh, alcoholic man that you promised you'd never be, and you're like, "Shit, uh, I gotta I, fucking, wa- I gotta like, I got a path to walk here." Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't drink anymore, by the way, uh, for for exactly that reason. But I heard you on one. Of the I don't really drink about like. I don't really drink anymore either because the pandemic pointed to me how much it was kind of depressing me, and like it was, uh. it was put. It was like so enjoyable. And then I would wake up and feel like shit and be like, oh, and then kind of feel like shit for long enough until I started like drinking or smoking again and be like, oh, thank God it feels. And then I was like, what if I just got high at the end of the day with a little tea? And and I was like, oh, Mm. uh, this is like activate. This is like doing what I wanted to do, but I'm not waking up with like uh, anxiety dreams or hour long sweaty mm-hmm. dumps in the morning and shit. And then like <laughs> mad at yourself for being on the toilet for an hour. And then you're like, I'm behind on work. And now I was supposed to exercise, but I don't feel like it. Like I feel gross. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, and then when I cut out alcohol, I was like, okay, yeah, no, it's like a toxic poison that was poisoning me. And I, and I knew that and I enjoyed it still. And now, oh, and now yeah. I'm hosting a travel I mean, show where I fucking fly around the country and drink. So, uh, uh, Try to not bring this up at any junket interviews. <laughs> <laughs> and this is especially tough for me as an alcoholic, but right. that's going to make the show interesting. No, I remember one time hearing a description of part of the hangover as being, I think, I think it was something like this loss of a sense of ease. And I remember being like, Oh yeah, that just sort of like background humming Ooh. dread that like, 
just this sort of like percolating dread in the back of like, what's wrong? Something's wrong, you know, like waking up feeling guilty and shameful. And like, what did I do? I didn't even do anything. I just had fun with friends. Is there going to be a bomb dropped on my city today? Like, yeah, you know, every day feeling like that. Yeah, fuck. And I think people are, I've, I've seen a few articles now. People are calling it hangxiety. Like, uh, mm. wait, and I, and it's real. Like, that's what I was like. I would wake up in the morning and be like, uh, what did I fucking say last night? What did I do? Or it's like, and then the, lo- the loss of ease is so yeah. real. Loss because, of a sense of ease. Cause that's what it is. It's like, everything just becomes a little more difficult. And, and during the pandemic, I was, when I was trying to be off alcohol, I started to like, and I had been like knowing that like limiting it was good for me. And then I started thinking about like, how frequently my father was probably hung over in the morning like, mm. and whether he would like admit to it or not, but would be like clearly not operating at his happiest or his most optimal. And those are the times I saw him. It was, so he's either yeah, drunk right. or hung over or he's at his job and I'm not seeing him. And it's like that, like, I feel like it, like year 10 of being a dad, I'd be like, wow, I'm realizing like, I'm calling I'm accidentally calling out like a lot of family members and friends right now. But I feel like <laughs> I feel like if I was t- if I had a kid that was 10, I'd eventually be like, do they see me kind of drunk and then deal with me hungover every single morning? Like they see me drunk almost every night and hungover almost every morning that I'm embarrassed by that. Like if like you like if it was a, if it was like a neighbor, you'd go, these beers are for someone else, you know, like but it's your kid. Right, and they're right. like eventually processing. It's like like when you're with like your f- friends and their kid like is like another Heineken dad. And you're like, ah, oh, that's so funny and cute. And, like that shit was cute growing up. But now there's like a little bit of a tinge of like, don't let your kid find out about this side of you. <laughs> like keep this out of there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that- there's also that, like, I think there's a lot of men of that age and ilk have this pride behind like, yeah, and I just powered through, like hung over. I just powered through work, you know. I, I just yeah. power through, but powering through does not mean that's like that takes all your energy. And so right. when you get you're home using to your, your family, power, what's left? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like you're, that's you're not really powering fun. through anything. You can't power through everything. Eventually, you run out of power. That's the thing about power. It's forced. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and also like you need to, a little bit of room for like love and compassion and delicacy <laughs> and, and those power things don't through come my kids recital yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna power through this sex talk with my kid <laughs> power through my kid's anxiety <laughs> i don't mean that as, as an aspersion on your dad I, no no as a, as no a please recovering alcoholic myself no no and with a family of them you know yeah <clears throat> well i mean that's that's the thing too is that like that was clearly a part of my my decision too. was like, see, like remembering like family history and just being like, I don't think I ever want like the, the, the amount of bad memories I have of like my uncles or my dad or family members being like so drunk. It's scary is like, that's way too many for anybody. I want to know. It's like, I was a latchkey kid. I wish you would have like left me home a few more times than you did. Like, <laughs> I mean, talking to friends about like, you know, family get togethers and stuff where the cops are called like all the time and then being like, that's not normal. Like, 
people are not supposed to have fist fights at a family get together, you know? Like That's what happened to me right? at UCB was the eye opening for me because I was like, all right, look, we're all misfits here. We all come from, we're all doing comedy. We all must be the same exact type of weirdo. Huh, whose dad who saw their dad get arrested after punching their uncle in their face on Thanksgiving? It's like no one. <laughs> it's like, oh, not even like something close. Uh, maybe one kind of sketchy. Oh, OK. Cool. All right. I guess I didn't have the I didn't. That's the myopic worldview of our generation, too, because we we got the Internet later in life. So it's mm -hmm. like I just assumed everyone's upbringing was similar to mine for both positive and negative of like, well, how hard could it have been for a child? It's like, well, I was a black gay kid. <laughs> You're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. That is completely yeah, okay. different than my upbringing. Got it. Got it. <laughs> We're different. Got it. <laughs> I mean, I will say, you know, my parents were so good. Like other people's parents were, were really like strict. My parents actually were not that strict with me and they, they supported everything I wanted to do. They didn't let me take drum lessons because they knew it would be loud, but at least that was a reason I could understand, you know? Yeah. Excuse me. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. Am I? Maybe not. Yep. Bless you. Bless you. Oh, Both your really AirPods good. shoot out of your uh, <laughs> uh, they were great in so many ways like they never really like they were just very accepting of anything that i would bring come home with or bring home um but i remember like this one time i went back home to, to see my parents and i was probably 35 years old and i you know same house that i grew up in in new hampshire by the way but grew up mostly in new hampshire and went out to see some friends or something, came home late and, and realized that I came in the door and I started stepping by like muscle memory on all the spots on the floor and stairs that wouldn't creak because wow. you I did don't not wake want it. to wake him up. Yes. What's going on down there? You know, Jesus Christ, Johnny, you're making a fucking racket. Close the fridge. You know, like I, I just the in trouble for whatever it is you're doing, no yeah. matter what. It's like, I don't think what I'm doing is against the house rules, but right now it bothers you. So I, I'm yeah. hearing about it. I'm 35 and I still have these like ingrained, like this is where you step to avoid the creek. <laughs> yeah. You know, avoiding the like creek. nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you said recently on one of on one of your talks of like getting in trouble for accidents. Yeah. Of like that, spilling something or something like that. We talk about that on Action Boys a lot because my friend Ryan Stanger, the co-host of that pod, he said this thing that broke my mind. It was like the realest shit. He goes he got an ice cream cone one day. They were getting into his dad's car and his dad turned to him and goes, don't you fucking spill any of that in the car. And Ryan, like a 10 year old kid, just went over to the garbage can and threw his ice cream cone out. He was like, I, I can't handle that pressure. And he just did not eat his ice cream cone. And that was like, we unpacked that for so long because it was like the real, the amount of times my dad would be like, what do you mean you lost your fucking jacket? I'd be like, I don't know, it's <laughs> yeah. on a bus with kids. Maybe someone stole it. Maybe I have so much on my mind because I'm 14 years old and having to do six different subjects a day on 80 grams of fucking Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> like, maybe my brain's a little scattered because I didn't sleep at all because I'm fucking 14 and, uh, you know, have a flashlight and porno magazines. Like, sorry, like, and and I, I I I got in so much trouble. I like lost my uh, soccer cleats once, or they were stolen. But like 
yeah, right. They were stolen. Like never believed that they were stolen because it always had to be my fault. Or even if they were stolen, I should have paid better attention to it. You know, and it's like all yeah. this stupid shit. And just Did like they bring up the thing of like how much the cleats cost or oh, what was the. I yeah. was so aware of how much anything I wanted. Me, my wife and I talk about this a lot. We were made way too aware of how much everything costs in our lives to the point where like you would go like. We'd be three kids and be like, oh, we should ask dad for boogie boards. Be like, yeah, right. They're too expensive. Like, you know how much <laughs> yeah. a boogie board? And then like, we're like 11 and we're like cutting our own dreams off because we're like $64. <laughs> yeah, right. No way that like, and we're talking Plus like tax. our parents. Yeah. Plus tax. And I got to so get three because you guys got to keep it fair. <laughs> I got to get seven nuggets for each of you. You know, I'm up to fucking yin yang with it. Like. The way my parents would talk about how much food they went through with us, they were like, I'm buying a gallon of milk every other day with you fucking animals. Uh, it's like, Dad, I have we're drinking so... milk for fuck's sake. <laughs> I have to be so careful, like, because I grew up with all that, you know, of, of like feeling scared of money, you know, being right. scared. Money is just stress. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah. And. I have to be very like always catch myself with my kids that I never talk about anything as like a financial burden. I think it's okay to have conversations with them of like, I can't afford that right now. Or like, that's very expensive, and, but maybe if you want yeah. to do something that's a cheaper version and down the road, if you like, you can do like all the sort of learning grown up stuff of like, uh, but you don't want to also be like, Christ and uh, the soccer, uh, the pay, like the shit you would hear would be like PAL called. They need us to cut checks for all this. Oh, Christ. We got to write checks for three. Different yeah. To make them feel teams. bad about something they like to do. You know? <laughs> right, it's like, OK, well, dad, I could quit soccer if that if you want to save forty one dollars this year or whatever. <laughs> and I remember my my dad, like, <clears throat> you know, we'd all we'd all be downstairs hanging out or something. He'd come downstairs from his room and say, like, who left that cup on the table? Like, well, what the fuck do you like? It's a cup on the table, you know, like nothing could be out of place. Right. But yeah. I can relate a little bit to it now. Like I, you know, I, I have three kids. I have them half the time and I live in a two bedroom apartment. The times when I feel the most out of control, when I really have to be like, okay, you need to remove yourself from the room and do some breathing for your vagus nerve is when things are cluttered like i'm making dinner or just after dinner there's like laundry on the floor dishes in the sink chopped up meat on the counter a bunch of crap on the table and nobody is listening or helping or doing anything and of course yeah. they're little kids right they're, you're not but, you're not expecting them to but they're not adding they're they're not helping in any way and no they're value they, added right yeah they are and Ar arguably and in the way arguably there's a toy truck rolling in front of like where you got to go as well like it's like the fucking uh, but they are com. also actively like let's hurt each other right now like let's do <laughs> right, right. the worst thing right now okay you see you dad, know, dad I is carrying the pan of hot ground beef right now <laughs> okay now's the time that i'm gonna whip you in the face with this napkin <laughs> like, yeah, exactly yeah or like we're gonna fight about fucking pokemon for the third time today <laughs> right now when dad but it's like they i think they also they sense because that's when they give me trouble is these transition times, getting out the door in the morning, getting out of practice. It's like when there's transition, there's this like. Well, that's stressful for you. And that's obvious. Like it's stressful for anyone transitioning like, oh, shit, I got to get from work to home or I got to Like that's a stressful. 
and like shrink that down to like the kids. And like, I never even thought about that where it's like, like, uh, like the way I feel of like, fuck, I better grab my wallet and keys. I got to get to this audition. Let me grab my side. Like the way I feel unpack, rewind to like seven and being like, it's soccer practice. Where are your shin guards? And it's like, shit, my shin guards, you know? And then like your mom or and dad are stressed about like practices, you know, like, or you're running late because your mom cares less than you thought she did. And like, you're like, now I'm late to practice and I don't want to deal with that. Like it's man. I never, I never thought about the transition element. That is because you can get like kids settled. You can get them settled in a way and be like, okay, for a half hour, just play in this room and I'll keep an eye on you guys. But it's like, all right, now it's time to do this. That's when everything starts to like, that's when there's too many variables of like, wait, well, you don't have your shoes. Line. You do. Yeah. <laughs> because if I, if I prep them too early mm. before I'm actually ready, they start spiraling then, about it. Like, yeah. then it's like, then they're like the white lady who's have to wait too long for a table or something. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you fucking said, told me to get my shoes eight minutes ago. Yeah. And now like, I I'm sitting here like an asshole with my shoes on with nothing to fucking do. You know, that's when they start trouble. So it's like, you have to time it. And, and I think I also have this thing of like all of these unexamined ideas about what it means to be a good parent that are just like cycling through my head. So whenever there's one thing that's like not going the way I would like it to go, not getting them to listen to me, it becomes like, your kids aren't listening to you. They don't respect you. You're not a good parent. You're not a good person. You know, oh, yeah. like, you know, it's like all these things that happen so quickly. Right after also- each other. And now you're like, you're like, I asked my kid to get his shoes. And now I'm sitting here going like, I'm in over my head. I'm ruining everybody's life. And like, you're I'm just literally like-, <laughs> like this on the sink with my hands in with my head in my hands and the water running. <laughs> like a fucking Virginia Wolf novel. And my daughter has to come over to me and be like, I think you need a hug and a kiss. <laughs> like, yeah, I do. I do. You know, like you're damn. And like, but see, like, I, I'm not even a parent. And that just like touched me in a way where it's like, and then that's what you hear from parents as to why it all, why it's all worth it. It's just like, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Uh, I, I like, well, I'm going to you're the first friend uh, that I've had that posted on social media about their breakup. Like with like, oh, really? I remember specifically you post an IG of your family and you're like, we're uh, wife and I are separating, but it's mm. all Gucci. We're doing it every once. And I was like, that felt so not only modern to the time, but like. A, a modern adult mature choice on, on, on your, you and your uh, ex-wife's behalf. Like that mm-hmm. felt so that was like, I saw that and I was t- not using your name because not every, but I would be saying like a friend of mine posted this thing. Could you like that? Could you imagine telling that to like our parents being like, Oh, are you, do they get a divorce? Oh, okay. Did they put the thing in the newspaper about how they got a divorce? It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, that shit is so, modern and real and grown up and like you know we understand more about the quote-unquote sanctity of marriage we understand more about all that shit so we're like yeah that's everyone's getting divorced it's so thank you for not faking it for any of us and we could just like people can reach out on behalf of whichever on both sides they can 
uh, n- not wonder what's going on. Like, you have so many friends where you're yeah. like, you know, so-and-so. The other way social media lets you know your friends are divorced is both couples. And this is for my heterosexual and gay uh, male couples that uh, break up all of a sudden pictures become like, wow, you're at the gym a lot. You're at the beach a lot. Wow, <laughs> yeah. a shot of your legs. Oh, okay. And then you see both of them posting a lot separately and you go, oh, oh okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, aha. And it's really like just such a grown-up choice. for And, and I, I was commending you and we're not even that close of dudes. Like we, don't, we haven't hung out that much, but I was like so oddly inspired by that. Like it's not, I, I mean, I'm like, if I were to ever get divorced, I'm fucking posting. I'm letting people know. Like it's such a grown up, like texting, send an email out to some friends. Hey, guess what? Blah, blah, blah. Bummer. But you know, we're going to be okay. Like that. I'm, I'm talking about it for so long. Cause it really did affect me so much. And that's why when, huh. when you reached out about the pod, I was like, yeah, I want to talk about that. So, cause that, that in- interested me so much. It felt so new. So now, well, like, I think it's just the kind of thing where it's like, it's the most efficient way yeah. to do it, you know? There's no bullshit around it in a way. Yeah. And I think there's more awkwardness with friends of a couple that's broken up than there is with the couple themselves for the most Uh, part. Agreed. I I think you might be right. Yeah. So it's just sort of like, let's put this out there now and people can respond if they want. And people reached out and were like, you know, sorry to hear that. I'm always here if you need me. I'm like, whatever. I don't even like you that. You're lucky you saw the message. Um, <laughs> but I think it was just. I know, almost blocked you. Of... Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad I reached out. <laughs> oh, shit. You saw that? Yeah. I thought you were oh, I muted you. You didn't mute me. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, because I do think, like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to talk about social media for the rest of the fucking thing, but it's like Instagram in particular has a way of like really hurting my heart seeing the way everybody and i don't think people really do it consciously but there's like there's a whole there's a whole genre of people in my feed that like all i'm seeing from them is that they're on vacation or at an awards show yeah you know it's like i know this is not a accurate reflection of a human being's life i and it's not even an accurate reflection of their life yeah, right. You, but but you can intellectualize effect. it, but you can't emotionally feel that. No, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And, I, and I've heard you talk about this. Like, we're not supposed to process 500 people's thoughts about everything all the fucking time. You know, and I still, I still, I don't know. I still do it, I guess, as like a impulse or something. Look at it. But like, Twitter manages to make me really mad at how dumb everyone is and then, and, and how dumb I am. But, and, and Instagram just makes me feel sad. Like, that everybody has to share everything, you know, like, yeah, we have to I, share everything and it's not even really real. And everyone knows it's not, it's real. like performative. It's, like, it's like performative sharing. It's like Instagram is the app version of me and you at a coffee shop and me loudly saying, well, yeah. So Joel, uh, <laughs> I couldn't even think of his last name for the bit. Uh, what's the guy's name for fucking community? Joel, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Mikhail? Mikhail, yeah. It's Joel like Mikhail yes. is the celebrity that you're going. That you're yeah, going to? I, well, I was just gonna be like, and Joel Mikhail and I are shooting that TV. Like people who say uh, that yeah, shit right. loud, like that's the Instagram yeah. version. Like Instagram is on the phone. That. Yeah, and uh, and the like. Oh, I'm so I'm 
so in love with this goofball. Happy birthday to this goofball. Yeah. You know, and I just, I don't, I get it. I get why people do it. And a lot of the time, the thing that makes me saddest is like, it has synthesized me to such a degree that I don't buy any sentiment that anybody puts on Instagram. You know, it all, all of it is like, oh, you fucking piece of shit. You're trying to manipulate them. It's like they might just be wishing their friend a happy birthday. Right, right. Because it's, it might it's just be, way. like you said, the most efficient way to get that info out. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, it, but a lot of stuff where I'm just like, where it's people like, oh my God, I had the most amazing conversation with my son yesterday and we're so open and like I had this incredible, it's like that should be, I should be like, oh, but instead I'm like, why are you telling, are you telling me that? that? That seems like something between you and your son that. I, yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like a friend, very text, sharing. Text your friend. I'm very sharing person because I host a podcast where I'm pl- and I talk about my real life all the time. But there are so many things that are just like, that no one needs to know this happened to me in my life. No one needs to know about. Yeah. I don't even blame them. I just like, why? What's, what are any of us gaining from like, so then you need, so then you have to have people respond to you positively for this thing. And if they don't, then you feel bad about a special moment you had with your son. You know what I mean? Like you've kind (laughs) of risked, ruining it by publicizing it or something you know like right yeah and, and then it's like the the me- that memory is tainted by people's reactions to it rather than like yeah. the actual authentic like oh i yeah. hope i hope i get a, oh i got a lot of like well the thing that bothers me the most is like you could just feel when someone gets like a, a little bit of whatever you want to call it clout fame notoriety likes or retweets or whatever you can tell when someone gets a little bit from w- one genre of post then you yeah. see it start coming like people are like chase the dragon of that oh, i want that same li- i want that same amount of likes but maybe i need to go heighten it a little bit in this or it's like now I'm yeah like, let's, so now my kid and i are learning the piano together yeah and it's like yeah. now i'm a really good dad and it's like okay Which is special okay. to me because my grandmother played piano and she died. And here's a picture of her when she was young. Isn't she beautiful? And thereby aren't I also beautiful? Oh, yeah. There's you a know? lot of that. There's a lot of that in there. Uh, and I and I'm a I can't stand it. And I'm also a perpetrator of it. Like it's like it, just stepping into the ring of Instagram. You've like you're like playing. along. Yeah. I put pictures of my kids because I'm like, these are fucking cute, cool kids. I want people to know I have cute, cool kids, you know, like I, right. I, I think they are. Yeah. You don't, think, I know. Well, you don't think my kids are cute and cool. Well, yeah, well, we can edit this part out, but <laughs> okay. No, yeah, they're so fucking cute. <laughs> I but do they, see people's kids that I'm like, your kids are not that cute. You know, like why, why are you doing this to yourself? You know? Yeah. And then, then, so here's where, here's where I, cause again, I don't want to talk about social media this much either, but the idea but of like, the idea of like, ugh, you're fucking posting this dumb thing about your kid's piano recital or whatever. And it's like, this is so funny. It's like, well, I guess I don't have to see this. Like, I don't have. And it's like, that's it. That's where I start to get upset with myself, where I'm like, all the stuff that I'm like worked up about, I could choose not to participate in. Yeah. I could produ- I could it's choose also not to none of in. my business. Right. Right. I could just go like, I'm like, why is this person telling me? It's like, well, if you unfollow them you'll never hear this again like yeah my my, scroll past it you know my point of view changed a lot about a a couple of close friends uh, on the ramp up of instagram and i they started to bother me and i'd be less excited to see them because of their the way they were on instagram but i'd be like every time i hung out with them in person i'd be like oh that's nothing like they're the instagram person that they are 
But then what I did was unfollow this handful of people that were driving me crazy on Instagram and Twitter, like on social media, the people that I still run into in life. And I don't miss anything except I enjoy their time in person even more now. And I'm like, okay, that's the answer. And I just, and that helps me post dumb shit because I go, just unfollow me if you hate it. Like I, yeah. I, I would not be mad at any of my, per. that's the jump I had to make was like, oh, I don't want to sit here and just like plug podcasts and TV shows on social media. It's like, if they're your close friends, they can unfollow you. Like they don't have to, like, you don't have to follow me yeah. on Instagram. Mike cousin like we you'll get updated like, <laughs> like if, if it's bothering you if it's not bothering you stay along for the ride but if it's bothering you no i would not judge any of my friends for muting me like i totally get no. that because i also have a handful i of mean muted. yeah <laughs> ultimately it's i hate myself ultimately all of this reflects back on on me you know what i mean like it's it's <laughs> it's like what is this why what is this need we all have like it's kind of just the sort of like human condition that upsets me. And then I directed at people individually for a short time and then I feel bad about myself. <laughs> and I also have, I also have like this thing with the people who are on like um, reels or whatever, which is like the Instagram, TikTok, you know, yeah. where it's just them getting dressed. Like Dude. they just are putting on an outfit and that's like put, that's like served into my feed for some reason. And I'm like, thank God, good for them. God bless them for figuring out this is all that they have to, to do. Yeah. Is get dressed. And now they're making, and then and now they can make money the off that and shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And so, I didn't come up with anything like that. Like the, the all real I do is try to come up with idea, you know, <laughs> like, and I can't crack the code that simple. Yeah, I mean, it's also my body is not good. No, Instagram and TikTok style. will have you confused as to what's successful. Cause you'd be like, like, Instagram, Instagram reels, TikTok, whatever you want to call it. They all have my number. They're like, this dude likes scuba diving. He likes surfing. He likes weightlifting. And he's also a heterosexual male. <laughs> so we can jam the bustiest free divers in like, and it's like, if you like a niche hobby, there are, and of, of all genders, absolute smokes who do that hobby and have huge followings. And it's like, yeah. do you like, you like track and field? You like long distance running? There's absolute fucking studs and beautiful women and uh, gorgeous people who are like, follow me for running tips. And it's like, I'm not following you. I'm following you for a different reason. Like with yeah. just busty scuba divers who are like, uh, you know, Penny's adventures. And she has like a wetsuit unzipped with like huge, like, uh, James Bond villain level cans, but she is actually scuba diving and doing yeah. cool shit. And you're like, they, they really got me figured out. And it's like chicken or egg. What comes first? Do, do people start to be like, I look, I'm, uh, I like scuba diving becomes popular. And it's like, well, let's get busty uh, women and jacked dudes doing it. Or is it like people like busty women and jacked dudes? It's like, let's get them doing very niche hobbies ASAP. Like it's like, I mean, let's find the hottest van life couple. Yeah. Like. <laughs> there's, there's something for everybody. Yeah. There's, there's entire channels that are just like filming slightly behind a very athletic woman wearing tight leotard pants while she's jogging. And it's like, yes. that's, that's a jogging account. That's stalking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> if I was this close to a person in real life, they could legally pepper spray me and I would have no grounds to stand on. Yeah, no, totally. I don't understand what I'm learning about jogging here. <laughs> it's, every once in a while, I just got to click and see, you know, 
Yeah. I know. It's like, and then you find yourself down a rabbit hole and you're like, oh, I'm like, I'm waiting at the doctor's office. And I am like, now, as you scroll down, uh, you know, voluptuous scuba divers, uh, it gets a little, you know, sometimes you just get into the voluptuous category or like, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, it's just moving me eventually towards like, go jerk off, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, like your phone's like account. screen time warning. It says just jack off at this point, dude. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. Fair. <laughs> All like, like college pole vaulters now, you know, like <laughs> right, right. you can find the most specific stuff to, to jack off. So it's a great time to jack off. Uh, how is it having kids with you half the time? Is it appealing because there is the downtime half or is it oh, like yeah. the downtime half is like, fuck the other half is coming ASAP. Like, I mean, I, I know it's just like, it create it's like it's like working a fucking brutal 96 hour shift or whatever but here comes some overnights like let's do it it's kind of like you know i remember my ex talking about with each new pregnancy you forget like the the mom is unable to remember the horror of the previous pregnancy it's like your body does something to you that that's like, genetic it wasn't to, as for, bad as you thought that's yeah. clearly that's, a, a, an adaptation so that we will continue to come inside one yeah. another yeah no i'm sure there's some kind of hormonal release that happens when you get pregnant again that's like it was not that bad it's like that with the 50 50 split where it's like when i have my alone time which today i dropped the kids off for school now i don't have them until monday uh I'm like, I went for a run. I took a nap. I'm like, oh, my life. I'm opening the windows. There's light. I'm like, okay, it's not so bad. I'm going to vacuum. You're going to get things in order. And then right up until the moment that they walk in the door, I'm like, this is going to be great. I can't wait to see my kids. Like, I can't wait to see them. We're going to have this. We're going to do this. Oh, I miss them so much. And then as soon as they walk in the door within five minutes, I'm like, I fucking forgot. Right. This is actually How hard. Yeah, this, this is, is. <laughs> like, what forget, the fuck happened? Forget even kids. If you had three fully capable grown-ups visit you for three days a week all the time, it would be a yeah. fucking nightmare as well. I'd be like, oh, here they come. Fuck, I got to make sure I have I, meat thins for everybody or whatever. <laughs> and I'm in the midst of it, and I've done everything to prepare. I got groceries. I planned out the meals. I figured out weekend activities. I'm in the midst of it at dinner time. Like, what happened? To, like, how did I? What happened to me? You know, like, yeah. where, what is How did I forget? On? Like, Jesus, I, yeah. I'm uh, so confused. And like, and then I try, you know, I try when I talk to my therapist to like, get back to that state of mind. I'm like, I can't remember. Like, I'm in a different, like, I'm. it's an out of body experience where it's just chaos and like scrambling to hold on. You know, <laughs> it's that first, that first evening, that first day where it's like, you have to adapt to it. Then you adapt because and then you get to on like, and maybe that's what people talk about where it's like, it, it might, that might make it hard, like harder for you to adapt. Cause then you get the downtime and you're like, Oh, right. Okay. Now I'm a, blah, but the downtime is necessary. Right. And I would not have this amount of downtime if I was still married, you know? Yeah. And that was one thing I was never good at was taking time for myself. Like never good at, at doing that. I just had too much guilt. 
Right. Ever... I like, uh, like I, I've been talking a lot about this, like with work, especially for like freelancers and in the artistic yeah. community, it's like, if you're not working, you're like mad at yourself. And then you add kids and you're like, if I'm not working or parenting actively, what the fuck? Like I, everything else is a waste of time. And it's like, that's the most untrue statement ever. You need to obviously take care no, of yourself. And drive. But and like your brain gets to that. Your brain gets like, Oh, I'll deal with like my, myself after I get these three things taken. And these three things are my children. And I'll never like, I'm not going to be done with them for decades <laughs> ever. And they're probably not going to take care of me when it's their turn. There's going to be some fucking robot or something. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, the robot, they, will, but- the robot will be programmed to put the pillow on my head at least. Yeah. Like <laughs> we are, we, we're not having kids. And so my, my wife will every once in a while be like, the only thing that scares me is like, cause now our parents are her, her mom and my mom are getting older. And there's like yeah. that talk of like where everyone's going, what we're going to do. And it's like, and I was like, oh, like, just like you, I'm like, Tiff, I will have a robot that will give me hallucinogens and then murder me. Like, that'll be like, yeah. uh, like, uh, uh, like, just jack me full of DMT and then snap my neck. <laughs> it's like, Every what? day before bed, the robot quizzes me on the characters of A-Team. And the first time I get them wrong, he just immediately put the pillow over my head. <laughs> crush my head. I don't know if A-Team hand. was the right one, but yeah. all uh, the Ninja Turtles. Face, uh, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have picked the show I actually was a fan of. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, why didn't I pick a show I really knew? Why did I go with A-Team? <laughs> I really only saw the movie. I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, Joe, I appreciate you coming on High and Mighty, man. This is fun. This has uh, been my mental health savior in the pandemic is chatting with a different friend every week for an hour and change. So I'm so Thank glad you for having me, please. And uh, you, uh, you have anything you want to plug? I know you have a, a, a recent <laughs> run of a podcast that came out. <laughs> yeah, I have a podcast out. That's my, my dog just barked for the first time. Hell yeah. Because she knows we're wrapping up. And she <laughs> told me before, like, make sure you plug it. Don't let him <laughs> email you. Like, plug it, you know? Uh, thank you, Kiki. It's called the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And I play uh, a sex therapist who's never had sex. And we did <laughs> we did uh, eight episodes of it for iHeartRadio. And uh, I think it's pretty good. I've been, I mean, the, the response to it has been extremely good. People yeah. are either like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I don't understand what this is. Or more people are like, this is great. Uh, uh, that's so fun. And we'll have a link in the show notes next to your name. So if you're like, uh, re- can't search it, just take out the phone, listen, the app you're listening to click on it and you'll be able to download it. Get it. That way, uh, that's, that's a very, I, I mean, the premise made me laugh out loud. So that's a good sign. Like, that's just enough to want me, make me want to tune in. So I'm going to uh, check it out for sure. That's really funny. Uh, anything Please else do. you want to plug? Uh, I, your social media handles and shit will be, we'll post it in the tweets. But uh, if you have anything else you want to plug, throw it out there. No, nothing at the moment. That's, that's about it. Hell fucking yeah. Um, well, Joe, God, God bless and good luck. And, uh, uh, as always, it, it's a fucking pleasure. I'm so like, it feels so thoroughly modern the way you just talked about what you have going on. You know what I mean? I guess modern's not the right word because it doesn't feel like hip, but it just feels like so grown up. I, it feels like such an adult conversation to be like, yes, well, half the time we are good. Like it, and I appreciate you just being so frank, which is, you know, what we try to do on this show. So, oh, my you. pleasure. It's- Good to talk about it. Let's go out and get a non-alcoholic beer sometime. Hell yeah. I love soda water. <laughs> I, I can, I, uh, well, you know, 
uh, what you know what we can do because uh, mornings are not absolutely terrifying. We can grab a coffee together. Ooh, I would love that. A drug I still will always I've added cannabis, of course. I will always allow in my system. <laughs> I can't picture giving up ca- uh, caffeine or cannabis. But we need some kind of vice. I need, need something. something. Yeah, narcissism is just not enough anymore. I need something. More than that. <laughs> I know now that people are calling it out. Yeah, I know. I need something that people are worried about. I want the attention <laughs> that comes with it. <laughs> Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. (laughs) It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. (laughs) No. Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. There's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. <laughs> yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.